what is the number one thing the Reds need to focus on fixing this offseason? Hmm. Well, we're going to tell you on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We are your team every single day. We are your Cincinnati Reds every single day as we move throughout the offseason that just started lots to talk to this is going to be a very busy off season or at least it should be for the Cincinnati Reds and if it's not busy then we're going to be busy talking about how mad we are uh but uh we are glad that you are uh, taking time out of your day to talk some Reds with us if you're an everydayer thank you you make this show go let us know down in the comment section if you're an everydayer or hit us up with your thoughts on what this off season should look like because today on this podcast, we are going to be looking at the most important target for the Reds. I believe that there are two targets that we all can reasonably assess when it comes to this Reds team. We'll look at why pitching is a very important target for the Reds, and we'll look at why the outfield is a very important area of focus for Nick Crawl in the front office this offseason. And then we're going to tell you which one is the most important as we move forward. Thanks so much for joining us here on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. And, and Steve, um, stop me if you've heard this before, but the Reds need to get the pitching. Oh my goodness. Listen, this is an area of the team that we thought was going to be the strength, right? Going into the, the season, we thought the starting pitching was going to be what carried the team it was going to make them be able to compete, maybe sneak into that final wild card spot. And it was all going to be done on the backs of green Lodolo and Ashcraft. That's what we thought. That is not what happened. The starting rotation fell apart. Uh, the bullpen actually performed admirably in a situation that I still don't understand how some guy's arms didn't fall off right there on the field. <laughs> And still yet, the Cincinnati Reds, as we talked about in yesterday's episode, stumbled, scratched, clawed, found their way into being in contention until the second to last day of the season. So for me, pitching, I think, is a priority this offseason. Now, the real question, and I think you and I probably don't necessarily line up on this, is what that pitching acquisition needs to look like. Does it need to be a starter? Do they need to add uh, quality arms to the bullpen? What should the focus be? Well, let's kind of look at where they are heading into this offseason, Jeff. 40 pitchers appeared in a game for the Reds in 2023. Now, all. That, does, that does include position players, but when you, when you add it all up, guys that took the mound for the Reds in 2023, that number comes out to 40. Uh, you did an episode solo where you talked about the number of starters that this team rolled <laughs> out there. They ended up having 17 different guys start a game, and, and yeah, that does include that again? 17 not five, six, seven, 17. Now that does include a few openers that uh, they went to that bullpen day format there towards the end, but 17 guys found their way onto the mound as a starter for the Reds. Now I want to, I want to just review the list real quick, Jeff, because uh, it's a lengthy list, but I'm going to blow through it kind of fast just to take a little stroll down memory lane. I'm going to start uh, with uh, guys that had one appearance and work my way 
up into the starting rotation. But listen, during the course of the 2023 season, we saw Ricky Karcher, Alec Mills, Jason Vossler. Yes, that Jason Vossler. Randy Wynn, Michael Marriott, Jake Wong, Jason Shreve, Joel Kunal, Tony Santion, Luke Maley, TJ Antone, Alan Buznitz, Silvino Bracho, Levi Stout, Connor Overton, Eduardo Salazar, Casey Legomina, Carson Spires, Reaver San Martin. Yeah, he still pitched for the Reds in 2023. Ryan <laughs> Richardson, Brett Kennedy, Connor Phillips, Kevin Hergett, Sam Mall, Luis Sessa, Daniel Duarte, Nick Lodolo, Derek Law, Fernando Cruz, Alex Young, Lucas Sims, Buck Farmer, Ian Jabot, Alexis Diaz, Ben Lively, Luke Weaver, Andrew Abbott, Hunter Green, Brandon Williamson, Graham Ashcraft. And while you breathe, <laughs> that is something that is that is a heck of a list. And we talk about going into every season. We're just like, you need rotation depth. You need bullpen depth. Nobody has that much depth. Nobody needs to have that much depth. But the Reds were tested so bad. Like, they had so many injuries to their pitching staff. This is something that part of me is just like, well, we need the Reds need to get more pitching depth. There's That's not viable. Like, you cannot keep that many major league contracts on your team because at some point some of them are going to have to pitch in Louisville which means at some point you're going to have a conversation of we can't actually keep you in Cincinnati so we got to send you down to Louisville you okay with that because you don't have any options and then boom they're just not going to be pitching for you anymore because you can't keep 40 pitchers on your roster so the, the the fact that they had to get to that many like part of what they need to get better at next year is just staying healthy which is absolutely a storyline for next year, but in um, you know, in absence of the ability for Nick Crawl to make people more healthy, which I don't think he can do, that would make him the best um, president of baseball operations that anyone's ever seen. Uh, uh, but he needs to go get depth. So the question is, do they go get a starter? Do they go get relievers? Which is prioritized? Which what what does what what moves the needle the most? So for me, and I know that you have talked about uh, a couple different times towards the end of uh, 2023 season that you thought they should go get a veteran starter. And I don't necessarily agree with that. If you look at what this team is going to look like heading into Goodyear uh, for the start of camp in February of 2024, you've got on paper a rotation that goes something like Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, Andrew Abbott, and then Williamson Phillips or Lively as your fifth starter with one of those two, whoever doesn't make it. And I imagine that Williamson probably has the inside track on that fifth spot. So let's just say you send Phillips back down to Louisville to kind of keep working on things and be ready to be your next man up into the rotation. And then Ben Lively becomes your long man, your innings eater out of the bullpen. Uh, by rolling with that, you've already strengthened the bullpen by having a true long reliever in there. And you've got this starting five that on paper is ready to go, plus a spare down in Louisville. Now, I understand injuries happen, things happen. But looking at that, that doesn't seem to be, to me, where they should focus money on going out and getting a starter in the free agent market, which is going to cost more. I think their focus should be more on going out and upgrading some of those bullpen arms because I mean it when I say I'm really surprised guys' arms did not fall off. Uh, Ian Jabot appeared in 74 games, throwing 75.2 innings. Alexis Diaz and Buck Farmer both appearing in 71 games, 
with Buck Farmer throwing 75 innings and Alexis Diaz throwing 67.1. These guys got worked, and that's kind of the top end of your bullpen. If you want to throw in Lucas Sims, you know, he kind of, they took it easy on Lucas Sims. He only pitched in 67 games throwing 61 innings. So, you know, it took it easy on him. So, you know, that's the top end of your bullpen there, and they were worked to death. You know, everybody else below those names, I think, is replaceable. Uh, even Ian Jabot is probably replaceable, but uh, those are those are the guys that were your workhorses. So I think you start there. You look at those four guys, and then you build out this bullpen. And if that means you find guys in the free agent market that you think are better than what you have after those four names, you sign them. You go get them. You make room. If you guys on your team have options, you send them down. Otherwise, you get rid of them. They've got to strengthen the bullpen because as we've seen, modern Major League Baseball, you're not going to have guys throwing eight innings every day as a starter. You're going to get five. Yeah. You're going to get six. The bullpen's going to get worked. See, and that is where, and, and I think, I'll, I'll, I'll give a caveat to say, I think they should do both. But I think that's where adding a veteran starter actually helps this. Because if you add a veteran, and, 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 and I'm not going to go into names or ideas like that. That's another podcast for another time that we'll talk about here you know, later on this offseason. But if you go get a guy like, and, and it's a name that our Cespedes guys, uh, Jake and uh, Jordan, whenever they were on a couple of weeks ago, they said Kyle Gibson. If you go get like a Kyle Gibson, who's just going to go out and give you five innings. Now, his ERA is going to be four and a half. He's going to give you five or six innings every time out. He don't think he's ever been injured. You know, the, if they can find a Bronson Arroyo type pitcher, if you can go out and get that oh, guy. That's all. Him into, yeah, <laughs> that's, no, all. that's all. If, if you can. But I mean, I mean, I mean, even on his most, you know, normal of seasons, not like 2012, but his most normal of seasons for Bronson Arroyo, if you can get that kind of a guy and slot him into the back end of your rotation, then you are talking about being able to move Ben Lively to the bullpen and have a long guy that can eat up innings whenever you have a starter go wrong. You could uh, have the benefit of falling back Connor Phillips into the bullpen if need be, because I kind of feel like we don't necessarily know if he is a starter or a reliever moving forward. Plus this is something you can bet on. You can guarantee one of those guys is getting hurt in spring training. We've seen it the last couple of years, Hunter green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, uh, Andrew rabbit. One of those guys is getting hurt. Not all of those guys will make it to opening day as optimistic as I love to be about this team. I cannot be that optimistic to say that every single one of them will make it through spring training. And if you get that veteran guy, you have a fallback option. And I'm making you pick a name though. Then let's say they're all healthy coming out of Goodyear. Which of the five guys, green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, Abbott, Williamson, do you remove from the rotation? to replace them with a veteran starter Williamson because they don't Williamson. let him go more than twice through the order. They there's something about, and, and maybe this is part of the development plan, but there's something about Brandon Williamson that they don't trust to go a third time through the order. And for my money, that's not a guy that I want to give the ball every fifth day. Now, maybe he develops into somebody they trust a third time through the order. But if everyone is healthy and you add a veteran starter, I'd be more comfortable with a Kyle Gibson than I would with a Brandon Williamson, because next year is not about figuring out who you have. Next year is about taking what you know from last year and turning it into a playoff team. Well, one thing's for sure, Jeff, the pitching staff is going to need reinforcements if the Reds are going to make the playoffs in 2024. 
But pitching is not the only area that needs an upgrade. Coming up, we'll tell you what the other job openings are for the Reds heading into this offseason. Before I get into that, though, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Let's shout out Bird Dogs. Thanks so much for helping sponsor Locked on Reds. I have never had a pair of shorts that make me look as good and feel as good and are as comfortable as my Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. They are stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit like a dream. Bird Dogs invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They also use anti-stink sweat whipping wicking. That's a hard combination of words. Anti-stink sweat whipping fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. These things are great. You can go from the couch to the golf course to a night out all in the same pair of bird dogs. And listen, that is the truth. I have done it. I have left this house, gone and played around to golf and then headed into town for a fun evening out on the town. They are the most comfortable pair of shorts I have ever owned. If you want to get yourself a pair, you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and enter the promo code locked on MLB and get a free bird dogs water bottle with any purchase. Uh, that's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB using the promo code locked on MLB for your free bird dogs water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. If you'd like to support the show, you can join Jeff on subtext by texting Go Reds to 513-597-0944. You're going to be able to get texts directly from Jeff. Uh, you're going to be able to text him your thoughts and questions. You're going to have a nice back and forth. And as we mentioned yesterday, the live Aloha Friday shows are going to be coming back. And you're going to have an inside track on getting your questions answered on those shows if you are part of Jeff's subtext group. Also, thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Locked on Reds. Did David Bell have a good year? Oh, we've got thoughts. I know you have thoughts. I've been reading the comments. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's show. But Jeff, before we talk about what stuff's on tomorrow's show, there are some more holes to fill on the Cincinnati Reds active roster. And we talked about the pitching, but I think really if we want to look at this position player group, the big area of need, the big spot of weakness ends up being out in the outfield. And really, that's kind of where we were at the start of last season. We talked about the outfield being a, a weakness, being an area that needed to be upgraded, so much so that you lost your mind when they traded for Will Benson. And, and you were driving your one-man pumper car train until Will Benson eventually after a little sidetrack proved you right. He did. And I, I was happy to see that. And we're going to, we're going to mention him and, and kind of how he fits into all of this. But I really think when you look at this Reds outfield, they need a, at least one good right-handed outfield bat. Now you can, you can say, well, they really need an everyday outfielder and that's fine, but you're probably looking at making a trade and, and turning somebody else into a, an everyday outfielder or something like that. And even if we pencil in TJ Friedel as the everyday center fielder, which I believe he does deserves a very absolutely. good shot to be he absolutely deserves yes. that um this is a this is a tj friedel uh loving podcast and we will always say that he deserves to be the everyday center fielder for the cincinnati reds but what's the rest of the outfield look like because 
this team has a lot of talented left-handers in the outfield and has had a revolving door, uh, just a crazy amount of right-handed outfielders that didn't do anything for us. So I think when you kind of drill in on these guys, it's evident that that is the, at least the immediate area of like focus that the front office should have with the outfield. Well, sure. And and they tried. I mean, let's be fair to them. They tried for this season. That's what Will Myers was all about. Will Myers mm-hmm. was supposed to be that guy and, and, and it just didn't happen. And to the Reds credit, uh, they recognized the mistake. They cut ties early and they moved on and they tried to figure out something else. Uh, but you're absolutely right. They, I, I, I don't know about going out and getting your shopping list saying every day, full-time right-handed bat because the left-handers in this lineup, uh, David Bell is going to play the numbers, folks. David Bell is going to use the analytics. He's going to use the splits. Uh, He has shown you that he is not afraid to sit anybody down. He doesn't care what your name is. So uh, I think the idea is going to be to go out and find a right-handed bat that crushes lefties. I don't care what his splits look like against right-handers. I really don't. Uh, If they're bad, that's even better because it's going to make him cheaper and the Reds will have a higher likelihood of going out and getting him. Uh, And you can pair up that guy with Will Benson. I think that's where we're looking also. I think that right field is the spot where you're going to need that right-handed bat. Now, it would be nice if they could get two because I would like to have somebody that you could use strategically to replace TJ Friedel in center field for off days that's a good right-handed bat. I don't think that Nick Senzel is part of this team I don't think he's that guy Uh, I don't think that in left field you're going to make any major moves I really think that's going to be Spencer Steers home for the most part uh, depending on what happens you know if Jonathan India is still on this team if there there are some moves to be made and it's all dominoes right this is the fun part of the offseason episodes everything dominoes and we can kind of rehash and and reevaluate as we get into the different positions but for me part-time right-handed bat play the platoons that's the number one single most important thing to do for the outfield position group. And I think it's going to be interesting to know because like you mentioned, David Bell, and really this is an organizational philosophy. They don't, they, they mitigate lefty versus lefty matchups. They don't want to see him. And as much as we have beat the drum that we want to see Will Benson get more opportunities against left-handers as much as last year or the year before last, we beat the drum that Jake Fraley deserves more opportunities against lefters. They just aren't giving them to them. And there is the uh, the added element of the Reds are playing for something this year. This is not a year where we're going to throw stuff up against the wall and see what sticks. We got to know what sticks already, and we got to make sure everything else that works into the plan is is a actual plan and not a hope. So when you look at the things with Will Benson with Jake Fraley, sure. Do we want to see them get more at bats against lefties before we say we know they're bad against them? Absolutely. But what we have seen so far is. They're bad against lefties. 41 at-bats for Will Benson. He has six hits last year. You had 34 at-bats for Jake Fraley, and he had a slash line of 147 uh, batting average, 268 on base, and 235 slugging. Will Benson's uh, slashes were actually a little bit worse against lefties, and they both struck out quite a bit against those lefties. So I, I, I think that we kind of know, based on the Reds' strategy, and based on what we've seen from those two guys, TJ Friedel is not a guy that has problems against left-handed pitchers. Those guys do. So if you're going to factor them in as part of the everyday plan, then you definitely have to have a right-handed platoon for them. Now that brings the question because you did mention, think that his primary position for Spencer Steer will be there in left field. He's not a guy that I want to take out 
based on if there's a left-handed or right-handed pitcher on the mound. So that would also mean that Jake Fraley or Will Benson is an odd man out because you're not going to get that 50% playing time with him. There, there's, there's some, there's some room to maneuver with Spencer steer. Listen, I don't think it's necessarily an odd man out situation because Spencer steer is also going to be your primary. Uh, I need somebody to start a game at second base. I need somebody to fill in at third base today. I need somebody to take a quick first base. You know, that's going to be your guy is Spencer steer. He's going to be an everyday player, but it, I don't want to call him the super utility. Cause I think he'll be in left field more uh, or enough that we can call him a left fielder. But I also think he's going to be that guy that moves around as guys get their off days. It's not going to be Spencer steer and left plus a super utility filling in around the infield. It's going to be Spencer steer moving around, creating extra opportunities in the outfield when infielders need days off. No, I agree with that. And it's interesting to note too, like when you look at the infield, it's going to be so packed. Even if Jonathan India, if, if, if the rumored trade does happen, then you're still looking at Marte at third, uh, Elliot short, Matt McLean at second and CES at first. And mm -hmm. you do have a DH spot with which you can work with on some different players, which, you know, defensively too, that's another thing to consider with the outfield is that TJ Friedel is got great range and a good glove uh, below average arm. You've got Jake Fraley, who's got a pretty good arm, decent range and a good glove. And Will Benson has flashed really good potential, but he's also shown a weakness out there and very inconsistent when it comes to the routes that he takes on fly, ball, on fly balls or, or line drives or things like that. So can you get somebody that is a very established fielder? That was why I was so excited about uh, them bringing in Harrison Bader. It's just Harrison Bader couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, so they weren't going to keep him around. And how that all affects this, I, I think the outfield is a very interesting area of opportunity. And uh, let's go ahead and ask this question too. So you already mentioned Senzel. Does Stuart Fairchild do anything for you next year either? Uh, he's a, he's a spare part in, in my mind. I mean, yeah. he, he, he filled his role admirably, which was that like, Oh crap. Someone's got to play outfield today. What's Stu yes. doing? You know, that's, that's kind of his role on this team. And I'm okay with that. Um, that role could also be filled by Jose Barrero. Who's going to be, I think next out year's options, version yeah. of Nixon Zell. He's out of options. He's, he's going to have to find a spot and maybe one last ditch opportunity to get some value out of him. So we may see Jose Barrero, but I will tell you this, if Jose Barrero is your every day, uh, your other, your other half option, if, if he is the other half, of say a Will Benson or Jake Fraley platoon, that means that Nick Craw failed in the offseason. It can't be, yeah. you can't go into 2024 counting on Jose Barrero. Now, if he becomes something, great, icing, surprise, woohoo, happy birthday. But it can't be your plan. That can't be the plan. Uh, I, I do want to say this, talking about defense, Jeff. If you think Spencer Steer is not going to spend this entire offseason working on outfield routes, tracking the ball, He's being a better be outfielder, you've lost your mind. He's going to come back way better next season. Remember, he went to David Bell and said, hey, I know we're in a bind. I'll go give it a try. That was his training for left field, folks. I'll go <laughs> give it a try. So let's let's give him a little slack on his defense. The other piece of this with TJ Friedel hitting lefties. We discovered that by accident. 
That wasn't something that someone looked at a piece of paper and said, you know, I'm starting to think maybe TJ can hit lefties. There was nobody else to play that day. So TJ got to face left-handed hitters and show that he could do it. This is going to be my mission this offseason is to make everybody understand when we head into Goodyear next year, the spring training statistics mean nothing. We're not going to be looking to pick out a guy that suddenly has figured out how to hit lefties in Goodyear because those stats mean nothing. Uh, if we're going to find outfielders that are left-handed that can hit lefties, they're either going to had to have shown it somewhere else or we're going to find it out by accident during the regular season because uh, that stuff's not going to present itself in the offseason. So I think we've determined the Reds must at least get a right-handed bat for the outfield, maybe yep. even expand upon that a little bit more. So with that being said, pitching outfield, we'll give you the most important target for the Reds this offseason coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel is the best place for you to uh, enjoy the game whether it be football, whether it be playoff baseball, uh, there's uh, October. As we move into an amazing month for sports, we've got hockey coming up. We've got basketball coming up. Everything's getting ready to start for the winter months. We've got playoff baseball. Check FanDuel out today. It's a lot of fun. You can get in on uh, you know, point spreads or money lines or over-under for total points and things like that. Great prop bets as well. There's an interesting future bet because I, I was looking at this and World Series uh, odds are out. The Braves are, of course, the favorite. Everybody, I mean, if you didn't think that the Braves are going to be the World Series favorite, I don't know what to tell you. They're a plus 260. But I believe this, a great value for a bet right now is the Orioles. They're 7-1. to one to win the world series for my money. They're probably right behind the Braves as far as like, if I were power ranking world series contenders in this playoff race. And so I think I would actually throw some money at this, the seven to one odds for the Orioles to win the world series. You can check out all of that and more on FanDuel. They are the best place for you to enhance your sports watching experience. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can get the NFL season rolling. They've got a great intro offer too. When you create your account, you can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed win or lose. So check them out today. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on and they've got all these great offers and more that you won't want to miss. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. Make sure that you're following us on your favorite podcasting apps, whether it be uh, right here on YouTube as well. If you're watching this your first time, thank you so much. Uh, click that subscribe button and click that bell to get notified when we've got new content for you. We'll be with you all throughout the off season. Also, follow us on social media. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can join the Lockdown Reds Discord page, talking Reds baseball all day, every day. They're also talking, you know, Bengals football, I guess. We might not be talking about it for much longer. Who knows how, how much that that we uh, need a whatever. we need a FC Cincinnati channel or something on there. Yes, they're doing good. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's I should just down. start an Ohio State. I should start an Ohio State channel down there on our Discord server just to Yeah. I won't oh, talk wait. about them. It'll be just me and Paul Keels in there. That's going to be all sure. that it yeah, is. Yeah, you, you and Paul Keels. Yeah, uh, go Bearcats. Um, but when it comes to Discord, we got the link down in the description of this episode for you to join, and we welcome you to do so. All right, Steve, uh, pitching, outfield, what's the most important one? I think we could probably say it together. 
pitching. Pitching. Yeah, it's going to be the pitcher, Jeff. And yeah. and well, we tried. You're slow. That's how it goes. We I'm just faster. <laughs> anyway, pitching. Yes, pitching. Pitching. You know, and and starter reliever. Uh, at the end of the day, it there needs to be pitching. Um, we'll probably continue to disagree on that veteran starter thing, just because of what I think it's going to cost versus what the Reds could do with the same amount of money and upgrading the bullpen with multiple relievers. We'll probably, you and I will probably back and forth that a lot this off season, but where we're going to agree is that's where the signings need to happen. Uh, if the Reds had had a little bit more pitching depth, whether that was starters, whether that was stronger uh, bullpen arms after the big three that we talked about, uh, that could have been the difference in heading into uh, this final wild card spot. That probably would have been the difference in actually making the playoffs. Uh, yeah. You have better pitching in that bullpen. Maybe you don't blow a nine nothing lead. Maybe Milwaukee doesn't beat you to death coming out of the All Star break if you're able to uh, shut them down more often. I, I think that at the end of the day, the Reds' offense demonstrated that when it is healthy, uh, it can score runs. And even if they don't go get a big name right-handed outfield bat and they piecemeal that thing, they better not. It better not be Jose Barrero. But if they did, they've still demonstrated they can score runs. So priority number one for me has to be supplementing those tired arms out there in the bullpen. And I'm curious, too, because I think that there is a good shot that the Reds' best uh, acquisition, whether it be – uh, you know, pitching or outfield, I think that their best acquisition probably comes through a trade just because free agency, there's a little bit more negotiation and the reds are not going to be the highest bidder on a lot of different players. So they're going to have to be probably judicious with how they attack free agency as normal. This and, isn't, and just you know, to get, and just to get everybody start to wring in their hands, you, your best trade options there is to trade Jonathan India for some help or to trade yeah. Edwin Arroyo for some help. Yes. And I, I low-key think, and this is going to be a topic we talk about this offseason a lot as well, I think Edwin Arroyo might be a better trade tip than Jonathan India. That That's that's an interesting thing there that as well. That sounds like but, a show topic. I think so. I think that'll be coming up uh, later this week. But, yeah, for sure you look at the fact that uh, the way that the Reds attack free agency, and I firmly believe, and I don't think this is a scenario where – he just gets shut down by ownership. But I think Nick Crawl has been given a budget. It has He's been given mm -hmm. like an amount of money he can spend, which I am so happy with that. The way that I've seen this team operate over the last year and a half, I believe Nick Crawl is driving the ship. It's not a situation where ownership is telling him he can and can't do stuff. It's just ownership has given him a number. We will never know what that number is specifically, no. but he's been given a number that he cannot go over. And Correct. I, I think he's probably going to be a little bit more creative through trades than through free agency with that. I can, I can also tell you, Jeff, that, that in that scenario, uh, one, that is correct. And B, uh, the reds are actually under that number. He never oh, got to yeah. that number. There was, there was still wiggle room for him to go out and get a starting pitcher at the all-star break. Uh, the cost prospect wise was too much. And when I say the cost yes. was too much, the cost prospect wise in prospect capital was too much. Uh, there was room in the budget. And I think fingers crossed that budget's going to go up a little bit based on how much the Reds attendance grew in 2023, which was unanticipated uh, by ownership. They didn't expect 
that the Reds were going to be this good this year. We've talked about that. And thereby, the the numbers went up. The Reds, in fact, broke 2 million in turnstiles. Very good on you, contributing your 22 games to the... That's right. <laughs> and yeah. my, my 10. Hey, we are directly <laughs> responsible for 30 32. of those 2 million tickets. So let's uh, let's take credit where credit is due, Jeff. But yeah, I think that budget's going to go up. I think there, I think there's going to be room for, for Nick Crawl to go out and really attack this free agent market reasonably as far as relief pitchers or part-time outfielders go. Well, there's a very good chance that, I mean, when you're looking at next year's salaries, the most expensive thing as of right now on the books is the $7 million buyout for Joey Votto. So how can the Reds move forward with that? Well, they've got lots of room. I would expect for that number and they can make some moves. Now they're going to prioritize quantity over quality because as we have seen with multiple different things, if you go sign one big guy and you just make a bunch of other waiver wire moves, I don't think that's going to move the needle as much. They're going to get, I, I envision moves like, you know, you remember a couple of off seasons ago when they go, uh, got, um, David Hernandez and oh, I am blanking on the lefty's name. He always Marshall. No, not him. No. Um, not, not Sean Marshall. Oh, the sprinting guy. out of the bullpen. Sprinting yeah. guy, yeah. Why do I remember that and I can't remember blank. his name? Let us know down in the comments section because I should have looked that up. But anyway, uh, that's something that I, I could see them doing in the bullpen and then maybe going and getting you know, a, a, a right-handed platoon bat that, like you said, he's probably not that great against right-handed pitching, but he's good defensively and he's good against lefties because I think that'll fit on this team very well. Make no mistake about it, the Reds – are very in tune with what works with this team. They go get guys that fit. They don't just go get guys who are good. They also go get guys who fit within this roster. Jared Hughes. That's who it is. Jared, Jared Hughes. Hughes. Um, um, I promise I didn't look that up. It's just my mind. No, I yeah. just did. You're correct. <laughs> Jared Hughes. Um, sprinted out of the bullpen every time they got uh, called on him. And I think everyone in the Reds press box rolled their eyes at that. But yeah, uh, that was, uh, uh, anyway, that, that's the moves that we're looking at. But yes, pitching is, that's the mantra of this offseason. Go get the pitching. We need a stable pitching staff that hopefully stays healthy this year, that hopefully can support the young guys that are going to be a little bit inconsistent. We'll talk about that as we get through our player reviews this offseason. Uh, but this is going to be a very fun offseason, a very busy offseason, Nick Crawl. The, we're going to have lots of rumors to talk about for sure. Sure. And and the key to watch with him, you know, in years past, Jeff, the Reds have been, you know, the guys that sat in the back of the room and waited for all the dust to settle and looked at what the scraps were and then went into spring training and started watching for the cuts, watching the waiver wire, see who they could scoop. Uh, that's not how you make the playoffs. So I fully anticipate the Reds will be active before and during the winter meetings. I think that's the litmus test for how serious they are in trying to fix some of these things. If they don't, if they're not in every conversation during the winter meetings, that's a failure in my mind. So uh, that's what I'm going to be watching for. We're going to be gathering up all that information. We're going to watch for it all and we're going to bring it right back here and we're going to keep you in the loop as well. I think that is where we'll wrap it up today. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds coming up tomorrow. Jeff and I are going to tell you how wonderful and exciting and happy we are that David, well, maybe not all of David Bell's moves, but we're going to talk about David Bell and whether or not we think he had a good year or not. Um, 
I think it depends on the category. Uh, some interesting conversation surrounding how we think David Bell did. You're not going to want to miss that. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're here because we want to talk baseball with you and we want you to talk baseball with us. All right, Jeff, let's get out of here. Yep, because everyone knows we will be locked on Reds every single day. <laughs> I threw you a curveball. <laughs> you know, I hit it. I hit it.